I'm Jodie Shield. I'm a well-being author, international speaker and success coach. And I'm hugely excited to announce my new podcast series called She's Electric. Over the next few weeks, I'm going to meet some incredibly talented trailblazing female leaders and entrepreneurs. And you're going to hear everything from their career milestones to the worst problems they've faced in their road for success. My aim is to empower you so that you feel like there's nothing that you cannot overcome. You'll learn their tips and tricks and tools and wisdom and so much more to apply to your own life. In this first episode, I'm going to meet Ella Mills. You might know her as the very successful Deliciously Ella. And right now, I'm in the middle of Soho, London, walking to her offices. I'm really, really excited to meet her. So listen, if you don't know Ella, she is an award-winning cookery author and entrepreneur and a champion of eating well. Ella started off with a popular blog, deliciouslyella.com, which has had over 130 million hits in the last four years. Her first book came out in January 2015 and has been the best-selling debut cookbook ever in the UK and a New York Times bestseller. She's since created a number one app, she's launched natural beauty products in collaboration with Neil's Yard and she's opened delis in London as well as launching three food product lines across the UK. Wowzers! So I hope that you're going to enjoy the next half an hour or so and if you do then please subscribe to She's Electric, rate and comment in the relevant section of your podcast app and also remember to check out the show notes and learn more about me on my website www.jodyshield.co.uk What I'm hoping is that this podcast will give you an inside peek at what it's really like to be a powerful woman in today's world. You're going to listen to your favourite influencers and role models and find out what they do when the cameras are off. So have a listen, get inspired and be electric. I am in the middle of beautiful sunny, a bit smelly actually Soho today in London but where I am is not so smelly. I am in the offices of my lovely friend Ella. Hello. Hello. And I've just been rooting around her bookshelf which has got so many different books in so many different languages and we just was talking about how crazy it is to see a book in different languages. Yeah it's as I say it's mad I mean especially when you see it printed in something like Chinese and it's all kind of back to front and you don't even know which one your name is on it anymore and it really feels <laughs> like I kind of can't believe my little projects come as far as that. It's, um, yeah, it makes you really proud and it still feels very, very surreal actually. I think that's something I've always admired about you is how modest and proud you are actually. Yeah, I'm so proud. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making you embarrassed. Sometimes, sometimes I think I bit silly about it but honestly like Matt and I still like whenever we go into a shop and we see one of our energy balls or something we like always still just take pictures of it I'll send it to him and be like look 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 it's here um and there's something something about it it just yeah I don't know if it will ever get old to be honest it really is every time you see it it's amazing and and then when you see someone pick one up I'm like I love you <laughs> should you go over to them in the shop and say Tap, tap, tap. Yeah, sometimes. Or sometimes they'll like see me staring at them and they'll say, hi. Like, I'm so sorry. I'm just really excited that you're getting. <laughs> that is so lovely. Um, just, 
I really want to open this and eat it. Yeah, it's I do. Hi, it's a podcast snack. It's my, my favorite granola flavor of Ella's Nutty Granola. Is this a recipe that you came up with? How long ago did you come up with this recipe, would you say? Well, the original granola recipe was one of the first recipes, actually, that went up on Delicious Ella, And I think that was back... I had the late 2012 or early 2013, so it was a kind of real original. And there was a slightly different variation, but very, very similar. Um, so we've adapted it. I think it made it even better. Um, so it's, it's a long-standing one, and actually I used to make it all the time for my family. My brother was actually living in Switzerland, and I used to make it for him and put it in Tupperware boxes for him to take back to have at home. So it's been a kind of... Yeah, it's been a big part of our life. And when I first met Matt's parents, I went to stay with them and I was very nervous. So I made them a massive, massive jar of granola as a kind of thanks for having me and uh, everything. And so it's got a kind of real place in my heart, actually. Are you a feeder? Yeah, I'm such a feeder because I love cooking and I love eating and I hate to eat alone and so I really enjoy it and also I think as well because what we do is a little bit different than what some people are used to eating I really enjoy making it and sharing it and getting people excited about it as well I certainly know whenever I've been to the deli I know you've, you've like, kind of try said this, try that try this try that <laughs> okay <laughs> You end up having like food for Feed the 5,000 on one plate. Yeah, exactly. The story of our life. So I'm looking at a lovely looking award here that says Ella and Matthew Mills, Deliciously Ella Rising Star, London and South winner 2017. Do you want to tell me a bit about that? Yeah, that was a really, that was actually quite an interesting moment. Um, so that was at the Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year Awards. So that was a kind of a massive thing actually for us. I mean, to win um, and it was quite funny because we were asked to kind of put our names into in, the ring for, for it and I just thought gosh that's a bit of a waste of time I mean as if we would ever win that I mm. mean it's such a massive thing so many companies it's ridiculous anyway I, I thought okay well you know what God, I might as well I was encouraged to do it and so I did kind of in the sense of being polite and then we got invited to the first round of judging and I went and man and I were doing it together um, and I was the only girl wow. in the room and there's lots of categories so we were rising stars so we were the kind of youngest but there were you know people who'd been running businesses for 40 years and had you know turnovers like you can't even pronounce the number of numbers in them and I was sitting in the room with all of them they're all men and mostly at least twice my age and I just said oh, you know I've got to go I literally said no, I can't do this I was so imposter syndrome like I've never really had it before actually like on such a scale and I just thought god this is so embarrassing everyone should be looking at me like what's she doing here what an idiot it's just you know as if she'd ever win this it's just a little blog and people on Instagram and yeah and I was so I was really embarrassed I, I couldn't find any pride in what in what we'd done for some reason I really was just shy and I was like I'm just gonna leave I'm just gonna leave and Matt was like you're insane like just stay. We've been invited to be here because you know they think that we meet the criteria to at least consider us into the conversation of this award, and so we're going to stay. We're here. We're going to stay. Kind of begrudgingly staying and laughed. I was like, oh, they're just going to think it was so silly, it was so little, so little, you know. And then we won. <laughs> we won our category, and I just kind of was like, oh right, okay. 
And it was a really good moment of realising, you know, that actually we can be so negative on ourselves. And it was just a, you know, we've, it's been a really amazing few years. I mean, I've learned so much and I've, I've loved it. I really have. I love it so much. And I, I feel like it's helped me in so many ways and it's really kind of challenged me and pushed me. And it's, it's certainly, I think, got, given me lots of skills to be a much better person. But it's been hard. It's been really hard. And, you know, it's been, you know, our work's come above and beyond everything. All our friends, our relationships and... You know, I think it's so what you have to do when you take on a business and you've got to pay, you know, 40 people at the end of every month. And, you know, there's a lot of responsibility and there's, there's been difficult moments. And I think to be acknowledged in that way by such successful company and such successful people judging it was a real, this is a real honour to be honest. And it was just a moment to kind of take stock and you can sometimes I think get really caught up on what you're doing on a day-to-day basis and feeling like you know you're not doing good enough because it's always a problem to solve so it was it was a really good moment for us to reflect on it. We've talked a bit about the struggles you've mentioned a couple of struggles that you've been having and that you know it's it's not all been sunshine and rainbows the whole time. (laughs) There's a lot of sunshine and rainbows there. (laughs) Um, talk to me about why you're doing what you do. How did this come about? Yeah, so it's such a long story, but I started, I started to show for a kind of completely personal reason, never for the, never with the intention of being here today. And I started because I, I wasn't very well. I um, had a problem with my autonomic nervous system and I was in hospital for a while and then I was on loads and loads of medication. I couldn't control my heart rate, my digestion, my circulation, I had chronic fatigue, I had loads of infections. I spent the first part of two years on antibiotics, I had antibiotic drips. I mean, it was really, really, really miserable time. And I really struggled with that. I struggled kind of mentally, almost more than physically, with the inability to really do anything. And I, was, I would just shut myself away and I isolated myself a lot. And I, I, I hit a real rock bottom and in that rock bottom, I just realised like, what I was doing wasn't working. Like, medication wasn't working for me. It certainly wasn't working enough. And, you know, I needed to see what else I could do. And I, I became really interested in the power of diet and the power of um, lifestyle. And um, I thought I'd make a change, but I couldn't cook. And I wasn't really... It's very unhealthy eater. I really wasn't excited about broccoli ever, and so I thought that if I was going to change the way, I, I needed. You know, I'm a big believer in the idea that anything sustainable's got to be enjoyable. You know, you've got to want to do it. You've got to be excited about it. I mean, I think that's key for anything in life. And so, I thought I'd learn to cook and I'd learn to make broccoli and aubergines and quinoa and black beans and all the rest of it in ways in which I really wanted to eat them and I was really excited about them and they were abundant and rich and. Anyway, so I set about learning to cook and I decided to share that on a blog on a friend's recommendation of a way of kind of documenting it properly. And I think it's like anything, you know, sometimes when you commit to something, you've got to kind of publicly commit to it and fully commit to it in order to see it through rather than just as a little personal project saying, oh, yeah, 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 I'll do it. I'll do it tomorrow. So I, I needed that really, I think, because it was a big change in my life. And as I said, I was, I was really struggling with kind of why I existed at that point. And... Um, so and it just grew from there I think it, it struck a chord I think other people were looking for the same thing I started because I couldn't find the resources myself and then 
it kind of spiraled from there and it grew really slowly to begin with um, and then and then much quicker. Because from the outside looking in, it's very easy to have the perception that, oh, it's an overnight success. Yes. You I know? It's happened really quickly. It can happen really quickly. Yeah. And you rarely see the struggle or the build-up because you just see the success of someone. Well, I think that's so true. I actually don't really think rarely there's ever anything that's an overnight success. Um, Because there's always something that's got you to the point. But I think there's always a tipping point. Mm -hmm. And that's when it feels like an overnight success because at that tipping point, that's when people become aware of it and that's when it gains momentum. And once you've gained momentum, it seems like it's a success. Whereas... You know, so when my first book came out, which was um, beginning of 2015, I'd been doing what I was doing for, you know, a couple of years before that. I started writing my blog in 2012, so three years. And I mean, literally, my mum was my only reader for a long time. (laughs) And then my sister. And, you know, I I found a community cooking um, school that I rented, and I did cooking classes for eight people, and... It's amazing. I loved it, but I mean, it it was certainly not a kind of grand slam success. It was slow trickles, of person after person, and you know you have those moments. And I'm sure lots of people have felt the exact same thing where they're trying to get something off the ground, thinking, "Why am I doing this?" You know, there's no traction. No one's interested. You know, I've got a dozen people, but I I was loving it so much that you know I thought well if a dozen people came this week and I can get another dozen is the next one and I can keep going and that was really kind of how I took it as a kind of month by month basis and at that point what I thought I was going to do was go and work as a nutritionist and train to do that but then along the way the kind of recipe side of it really took off and um, when my book came out yeah it caught a moment and it exploded and that was then why it seemed like an oversight success, but the reason really it took off so much was because I had spent the last three years building a community online and, you know, replying to every single person and really working to create that community. Not really with any intention other than sharing what I liked, but I'd still really kind of put a lot of energy into it. And I guess that energy was felt back and the community had grown. And as a result, they bought all the books that had been printed and we ran out of books, so we had to reprint. And that was a moment and a story that people picked up on and then people picked up on the story of why I started what I was doing. And that's when it snowballed. But if that online community hadn't existed, it never would have snowballed because no one would have bought the books to create the story in the first place. You said something a while ago to me that your mum had taught you all advice that you're taking for your mum and it was you get back what you put in. Yeah, it's my mum's best expression. (laughs) She said it to us all the time when we were little. It was like like her motto, every day, every day, you get back what you put in, you get back what you put in. And I used to find this so annoying. (laughs) You just kind of want everything to be easy, don't you? But I mean, it just could not be more true. And yeah, I feel it really deeply now. I mean, you see it in everything you do. The more you put in, the more you get back in everything you do in your relationships, in your career, in your day-to-day being. I mean, it, it really is It is true. You've got to put the effort in, you've got to put the energy in, otherwise it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Apart from Mr. Austin Mills, yes. we want to get back in, because we want to have a little squidge. Yeah, so he's that... off. He's, oh, he's asleep over there. You can see him down the side of the plants. You see on that chair? He's awake. Yeah. He's awake. He looks like a little crocodile hiding in a swamp behind this rock. We can see you. Yeah, we can. 
You can see his tail really going. So we might have Austin in the room in a minute, but yeah. apart from Mr. Austin Mills, what excites you to get out of bed in the morning? I'm honestly always so excited to get to office. I know that's so silly, um, and something most people would be like, God, she's mad. But I just love it. Like Our team are incredible. I love working with them. I love that I get to work with Matt. I love that I get to learn every day, and I love to know every day is different. I get to be with such interesting people. I get to meet people, and I love that. I just I get really excited to kind of to be here each day, put a little brick in the wall about kind of building what we want to build, and feel incredibly lucky to be excited about that. I know that's not something everyone gets the opportunity to do every day. Um, but I, I genuinely, I, I really do. But yeah, often helps. I mean, he's a nice influence to have around. He's such a happy little being. <laughs> yeah, he's gorgeous. Austin's coming in. Austin's here. Austin, Dr. Austin's got the longest tongue I, I have ever seen than any doggy. He's the lickiest doggy on the planet. So when did you get Austin? Um, so we got Austin, he's three now. We got him in um, almost exactly to the day three years ago. He was born end of April, but yeah, we got him almost exactly three years ago now. And for those of you who want to see Austin, just hop over to in Ella's Instagram. Actually, Austin has his own Instagram. Austin has his own Instagram, Mr. Underscore Austin, Underscore Mills. <laughs> Mr. Underscore Austin, Underscore Mills. There you go, guys. Yeah, and sometimes we're at home and Matt will like grab Austin's face and he's like, Austin, you're an entrepreneur. Austin, you're a businessman. And I'm like, Austin, you're a dog. <laughs> so watch that space because I think Matt and Austin are plotting. And Austin will become his, a businessman in his own right. <laughs> Are you an old soul, Austin? Are you an old soul? Do you know what we're saying? Are you human? He's so human. <laughs> oh, so cute. You know, like I remember at the start of this year just getting like, just not being able to sleep ever and just getting like real anxiety and like kind of close as I could call to kind of a panic attack about worrying about Matt and how he was going to react to certain things and what happens if this happens and what happens if that happens and all these different scenarios that could happen and then just realising but they might happen but they might not happen they might happen tomorrow they might happen in a year they might happen in three years I just don't know can't live with this sense of anxiety and panic attack all the time and I realised I was living in so much fear and I know that's probably quite a kind of cheesy expression but I felt like I wasn't doing so many things because I was scared of doing it and actually that was holding me back into every sense of my life and I was yeah, not saying certain things because I was scared that people would think I was silly or I was not taking certain steps forward because I was scared what people would think and I, you know, and I, so I signed up for my yoga teacher training recently and we were just talking about it and like, you know, I was talking to Matt about it and I was like, well, you know, I've just been too scared to do it. I was like, what do you mean you've been too scared to do it? Like, I'm going to be too scared to do it. It's, you know, I don't understand. It's like, yeah, I was just frightened of saying I was going to do it and people thinking, oh, she thinks she can do everything. And, you know, oh, she, you know, she's doing everything now, you know, just capitalising on it. And I, don't know, I don't know why my mindset was to go to the worst thing that people could possibly think. And then also, why mind? You know, I love it. I found it really powerful. I'd like to share that with other people. Yoga is not for everyone. Some people are going to think I'm that. Fine, they don't want to hang out, hang out upside down. Good for them. Like probably much more sensible 
But it was a kind of realization of like the negativity of always going to what the worst thing someone was going to think is or what the worst thing that can happen is. And it's like, what's the worst thing that can happen? You sign up for five weeks of your life, you don't really enjoy it, you don't really do anything with it. But it was still a kind of interesting experience. It doesn't sound like the worst thing that could ever happen. I mean, it sounds pretty average. <laughs> um, but the best thing is that it could be an amazing thing. It could be something that becomes a bigger part of my life. It's something I could share with other people. It's something I can incorporate more into what I do and something that I learn more and grow more from. So why would you be scared to do that? And so, yeah, I've kind of recently just been trying to really let go of it and recognize when I'm making decisions out of being nervous about doing something and when I'm making decisions out of being excited about doing something and thinking that you know it's, I think there's that kind of age-old expression is now like you should do one thing a day that scares you and I, I do think there's something in that and I, I don't mean you know I really don't like heights like I'm really not going to jump out of a plane like I don't think you have to push yourself to that sense but you know whether that's calling someone that you met that you like but you're thinking oh gosh well they think I'm a bit weird if I try and hang out with them and no, and if they do, then they do, and you know they're not going to be your friend anyway, and they weren't your friend before. So what have you lost? What do you think's been the secret to your success so far? God, honestly, I, re- I mean, I am a big believer, and I don't mean this as a cop out, and I don't mean this in a self-deprecating way, but I really am a big believer that I think success is often a lot down to timing. I really do. I think. For any success, there's often a huge part of right time, right place. And I think that's very true with us. Like, I started to study because I couldn't find the resources I was looking for. That's what people are looking for now. And so we're kind of, you know, we are riding a wave of people becoming more interested in plant-based eating. You know, the stats on people eating less meat are massive. So they're looking for new recipes. We're here. We started a little bit earlier than some people, so we got a little bit further on it. I mean, there's we're really lucky in that and I think you know I'd love to say oh, all ideas but it, it's not it's also being in the right time in the right place but I think I think there has been something and just for me to show was always meant to be useful for people it was always meant to be a resource for people and obviously we operate a lot on social media as well as in the kind of retail space and things like that and I think in that space it's become a little bit confused and there's a lot of people who've made their career through it, which is not a bad thing in any sense. But through that, I think people have become sometimes, yeah, quote unquote, kind of an influencer. And I'm not sure what that is sometimes. And you see people that one day they're talking about breakfast smoothies, and then the next they're advertising a mattress, and then the next they're advertising, you know, this plate, and then the next they're advertising, a, I don't know, some app or whatever it is. And to the user, I think it becomes just a little bit kind of confusing and um, it stops being useful and so I think I, I, I was really conscious of that at the beginning like, I didn't want to be that like, I didn't want it to, I know I know it has my name in it and obviously a big part of, of what we do but I didn't want it to be about me I wanted it to be about healthy living and obviously healthy eating and cooking and so that's, that's really the forefront of what we do and so that's why we started our own brand and where we make our own products. I, I didn't want to be a renter space for companies. I didn't want to be, I wanted to create what I wanted to create, which is that I think we can make the world a slightly healthier place. I think plant-based cooking is good for a million and one different reasons, environmental, ethical, etc. And I, I wanted it to be a bigger part of that. And so I think kind of my focus was, was always for it to be useful. And I, I, I guess I hope, but I think that's part of the reason that it's successful. So I think it's been 
quite consistent in you always being able to get recipes from us. You know what the recipes are going to be. They're communicated, I hope, quite clearly. And that's what we do. So there's a reason to keep coming back. If you want to keep cooking, if you like the kind of recipes that we make, there's a reason to keep coming back to it. Mm. And then say to your friend, oh, I made this lentil bolognese from Delosha Sierra. I'm going to send you the recipe. And then they start using our app as well. I was like, oh, I was cooking from this cookbook for my friends. I made them the, I don't know, apple crumble. And someone's like, oh my gosh, what's that book? Yeah, amazing, I love that crumble. And so I think there's been a kind of consistency in that. I think that's really helped in terms of the brand, but in terms of kind of how we then move forward from that, honestly, that's our team. And I, I'm the biggest believer in team and in trying as much as possible to take your ego out there and kind of recognize what you're good at. And I think it's really important to recognize what you're good at, I'm not going to be fully self-deprecating in that sense, but at the same time, recognize what you're not good at and what other people are going to be infinitely better at and how other people can help drive your vision forward and that you know they're going to have skills and experience and ways of being that are infinitely more successful in some areas than yours are and that's a brilliant thing to work with them and grow with them and so yeah I mean our team have been everything to our success and you know obviously Matt is kind of first and foremost with that as my business partner but also my husband and he's so encouraging and you know he has no fear in him like he's the most not in a negative way, sometimes I think it's expressions how bad he's so self-assured that like he has such kind of ease in his own being that he has he's not nervous about stuff. He's got real kind of sense of quiet confidence that's really powerful actually. What excites you about being a woman right now? Um gosh, such a good question. It's such a good question. Um I mean like obviously it's an empowering time, isn't it? Um and there's a real sense of kind of girl power, but I know it's the wrong answer, well, if you can have the wrong answer, but I find it quite false, if I'm just completely honest with you, I find it quite false. Um, I just like, there's this kind of momentum of female empowerment, but we're still so mean to each other, you know, like everything that's mean that anyone writes about me is by women everything that's me and I, I don't mean things that are kind of critical of kind of a wider picture it's a completely different story but things that are just like catty always a woman always a woman and you know girls writing comments you know I'm saying like oh don't you think she's put on weight or like oh don't you think she looks like this or like oh how annoying is her voice god she's annoying it's always women I don't I don't I just I find it interesting because there's this sense of kind of yeah girl power and then you flip on his head and it, it still doesn't, it doesn't feel completely there for me. It feels still kind of quite competitive and not always, but I, sometimes I just, I feel like we have to support each other more. And I think we're still quite critical of each other. You know, she works too hard. She doesn't work enough. You know, she's been supported by her husband. Why is she not spending more time at home, etc. It just kind of feels a little bit like you can't win. Um, in some capacities and um, you know I find that in a work environment too you know there's this whole sense of yeah the hashtag girl boss and all the rest of it but like you know any meeting with a very senior person you're more than likely to be the only girl in the room and they will talk about golf (laughs) you know and so 
like you there is an interesting thing there where I just I feel like the revolution we're, we're getting there we're tiptoeing along but I, I feel like we're a long 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 way away and I think that comes from women supporting women and being more accepting of each other more open to each other's choices and less judgmental of what someone's wearing or what they're doing or how they're talking or what they're saying or what they look like and I think that's really important I think that's got to change it really does and I think we've got to we got to support each other more because there's a long, 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 long way to go. Yeah, it's really interesting that you say that, um, and I and I agree. And uh, interestingly enough, you know, the most successful Instagrammers, social media influencers, are predominantly women. So there's yeah. women are leading the charge there, and maybe that, uh, in, you know, maybe their platforms increasing sometimes means that they need to have that kind of male like energy center where they're really like just going for it and working really hard and trampling on people maybe a little bit to get higher and higher and higher yeah and i think it's just a it's also just a practical thing if you know there aren't so many women in kind of higher power positions and i know that we know that but you know i think we've got to support each other in getting that Mm -hmm. um and i think yeah, lots of it is through things like social media, and so I think sometimes you have a false impression of the female empowerment because I feel like when you get behind the scenes, it's not always there so much. Mm. And, and it's often very messy. If, if we allow yeah. ourselves to be true females, that's vulnerable, that's being messy, that's yeah. being allowed to fall on the floor and being picked up by other women. Isn't yeah, it? exactly. And mm. I think we've got to just be willing to support each other sometimes more than we're able to do in a professional environment. So, obviously, Lots been happening this this year, yeah. and um, it's been very you know testing for for anyone, a testing time for anyone. Um, and you just mentioned that yoga's been kind of helping you th- through that. Yeah, yeah. Um, how how are you? How have you developed, and how are you feeling now about everything? Do you know, I've learned more in the last year than I have, I think, in every year of my life put together, on a kind of especially on a personal basis, and. You know, I think I've always been a I've always been a really enthusiastic person. I've always been a very excitable person. But as I said, I was definitely much more of a tidal wave person. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. really upbeat and so excited, and then like, oh my gosh, it's all a disaster next minute. And I've really learned this year about that ability to realize that every moment passes, and you can do it. And even in the most difficult seconds, you know, you still can put one foot in front of the other. And all you need to look at every day is that moment, that day. And I've learned so much from Matt and his family on that. And, you know, what I was... They're they're a remarkable group of people for 101 different reasons. And, you know, his mum's career, you know, she's a phenomenal person. But the thing that I took away the most from them was that sense of optimism and they have optimism and gratitude and appreciation and a sense of love like I've just never experienced before and I, I you know as challenging as moments have been I feel really lucky to have witnessed that you know I remember there was a you know there was a day and it was just a few weeks after she was diagnosed and you know when she was diagnosed you know the diagnosis was very clear on what it was and you know it's a, a difficult diagnosis to have and you know treatment was going to be difficult and and yeah, we were there, and we were sitting. They live outside London, and we were sitting in the garden. It was a, it was a Maybank, last Maybank holiday weekend, I think it was, and um, they were just so happy. They were so happy, and Matt's little niece, who's just heaven, 
was um, having a, she was really little at that point, you know, she was having a little kind of paddling pool in the washing up bucket and everyone was in the garden and they were all, they were so happy. It's what an amazing day. I just thought, you know, if you could say what an amazing day and mean it and they mean it. just thought, you know, I had so much respect for it and I just kind of every day I've learned that from them, that like if you look at each moment as it is, enjoy it and if you don't enjoy it you know it will pass and but it gives you so much appreciation for where you are and not always looking to the next day just taking day by day and yeah and their sense of love that they have for each other and that they show for each other and the lack of agenda and the lack of complication and the just genuine kindness is I mean it's extraordinary it really is and you know feel like I've got a huge amount to learn from it, kind of embody from it, but yeah, it's been a kind of, it's just been a thing to behold, like I've never, I've really genuinely never ever ever experienced before, I mean the couple of days before she passed away, the amount of love in her family was just, I mean it really was, it was mad, it was just absolutely kind of off the scale, and just such kindness and care. And it's, yeah, it was, it was, you know, as much as there'd be difficult moments, I think there'd been those amazing moments as well. So that was the lovely Ella Mills, and I really, really wanted to thank her for being so generous with her time. She, she always is, but particularly in this podcast interview especially in terms of inviting us behind the scenes of her recent family tragedy with the sad passing of her mother-in-law Tessa Giles who passed away in May earlier this year. So thank you Ella. Here are some of the highlights that Ella shared. If you believe in something and it excites you keep showing up even when it doesn't feel like it's going to be successful. She shared an amazing motto from her mum, which I use daily, and that is, you get back what you put in. What I love about Ella is how present she's learned to be. So she is really, really good at focusing on the present moment, and she knows that when every moment passes, you can do it. Even in the most difficult of seconds, you can still put one foot in front of the other. So thank you so much, Ella, and I I really, really appreciate you and all that you do for so many of us. I hope that you enjoyed this first episode of She's Electric. Remember to share it with your friends, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. I'll be back next episode with another electric woman.